I give you all of me, Lord. Jesus, I give you all of me. 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 Lord, we come before you. In the name of Jesus, may your will be done, dear God. May your presence, oh Father, fill every place. As the Bible says that the glory of God shall fill the earth. That the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. Father, we welcome you. Reign, oh Father. Lord, speak to us through your word. May your will be done, Jesus. May your name be glorified. We praise you, Lord. And Father, may you bring forth your word. I give you my mouth, my entire life, O oh God. And Father, you may speak forth your word. Let your word come with life. Let your word come with a grace, Lord God, for obedience. Release the spirit of revelation in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the hour that the Lord has made. And I want to thank God so much for his grace, for his mercy. I want to welcome you all to this special moment. May you open up your heart. May you open up your spirit. Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord inspire you. Let grace abound upon your life. In this special moment, we are going up. We are climbing to the highest mountain. Embracing him. Fellowshipping with him. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 verse 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. From the sixth hour up to the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. For three hours, darkness filled the earth. Let's read also 
Mark, Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter 15, verse 25. Let's begin from verse 24. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. 25. Now it was the third hour and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation written above, the king of the Jews. The inscription of his accusation was the king of the Jews. At that time, whoever was crucified, the crime that they had committed had to be inscribed on the cross. They wrote it on a small piece of wood and attached it or nailed it on the cross above the head. And so the inscription, the crime that they had chose Jesus of was that the king of the Jews. Now, the priests wanted Pilate to change that inscription, but he refused. He said, no, what I have written, I have written. And that is what exactly they were accusing him of. And it was true that he was the king of kings. He was the king of the Jews, and he is the king of the Gentiles. He died. He paid the price because of the life that he lived. So the Bible says that they crucified him at the third hour. What is the third hour? That is, that's nine in the morning. They crucified him. So imagine from nine in the morning, he's on the cross, and then the sixth hour, darkness fills the earth. Darkness. So Jesus is on the cross maybe for six hours, or maybe even more than six hours. But they crucify him in the morning, nine o'clock. Midday, darkness fills the earth up to the ninth hour. Three hours of darkness and Jesus is in that moment he's in that moment of darkness but also he cries out to his father and he says my father my father why have you forsaken me why have you forsaken me it was that deep moment of total abandonment. He felt forsaken. He felt alone. He was literally alone. And there was that cry that came out of his heart, out of his soul that said, why have you forsaken me? 
Why have you forsaken me? Your heart, your soul can cry out to the Father, to God. It's that cry that says, Father, where are you? Where are you? You've gone through so much. And this is not just either poverty or lack or challenges in the world. But you're going through that battle of faith. You're going through that moment of total surrender. Total surrender. And you, you are crucified with him. Galatians, Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Crucified with Christ. This is a moment where self has been totally surrendered. You've totally yielded. And we join into that cross with him. We join into that suffering with him. And the Bible says in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, so sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3, it says, for I delivered you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. And when we go to verse 31, Galatians, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, it says, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. I die daily. This is what Paul is saying. He's talking of the effect of dying, of being crucified with Christ. Many, at the time as this, of the death of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we remember his death and his resurrection, many at the time as this, that's when they focus more on the cross, focus more on his death and all that. But we are crucified with him perpetually. Crucified. In other words, there is something that was put on the cross and that is our bodies, self. And 
And then Paul says, I, I, I die daily. Now, one thing about self is that as self is put on the cross, as we die on the cross with Christ, self has a tendency of creeping off the cross. Self has a tendency of creeping off the cross. And you find self, when it creeps off the cross, it begins to exert itself. You, you see things in you prop, popping up. You, you see self, the natural part of you that was supposed to be dying daily, that was supposed to be on the cross, it creeps up. And, and you find many who are lost into what they want. This is what I want. This is what I don't like. I remember when people ask, what are your hobbies? What are your dislikes? What do you like? And, and people courageously talk about what they don't like, what they like. But unfortunately, all these things are brought up just in the natural life. In the natural. And there are many of us who are believers. We are born again. Some of us are even ministers. We serve the Lord. You may be serving him in worship. You may be serving as an administrator in leadership. You may be serving in prayer as a prayer warrior. But when... There is something, there are things in you which are still alive. Self is still much alive. Dying. Dying to self is one of the greatest things that are very, very hard in our walk with the Lord. In our Christian walk. Very hard, but possible. If Jesus did it, we can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Someone hurts you, either by mistake or knowingly, and you react. You react. Someone does things and you interpret them your way, and you make decisions according to what you have interpreted yourself. Self being so much alive. Yes, you can go aside and pray and, 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 and you see God, you intercede and do so many things. But when actually there is something in you that is not dying. And then you realize that the fragrance, the fragrance of his glory, the fragrance of his presence is limited in us, is limited in the church. Why? There is so much self that is alive. Oh, shikayarabo shite. Dying daily is part of our pursuit for God. Dying daily. 
How do you die daily? How do you die daily? I pray that in this season, there will be people, there will be an army of Christ that will surrender to this truth. Tap into it. I pray, I pray that Galatians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 31 becomes alive. Where you can die, where we can die, where the church can die daily. And where daily, whether it is during the, the resurrection season or not, but where in your daily life you are aware of this death. You are aware of your being caught up in him. But how does it happen? How does it happen? Remember, remember that before Jesus went to the cross, he prepared for the cross. In chapter 26, verse 36 of Matthew, he tells the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to them, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time, he went away, prayed, saying, My father, if the cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The disciples, of course, were very tired because they had gone through the day of preparing for the Passover and even the different things that had happened in the day. And at this hour, their bodies are tired. But Jesus is also tired because he has been moving with them. It's not that for him he had the time to take a nap during the day. But for him, he's awake. Why? Because he knew the times and the seasons. And number two, he had the burden. 
he had the burden he understood the hour and so he surrendered into the hour how how not by simply sitting to worry not by simply seeing to ponder and 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 ask himself will will i make it or not no he prepares through prayer and this is prayer of surrendering to god prayer of yielding to god yes people pray but the question is what are your kind of prayers what is your kind of prayer what is your mode of prayer what fills your prayer yes you pray yes but what is the content of your prayer life what is in the content what is in the prayer the shitararabushite the travailing jesus is going through here is a travailing concerning the will of god he knows the will of god and he has the desire and he has the determination but he needs the grace he needs the power he needs the strength and that's why he leaves his friends aside and he goes an extra mile and so when he is alone he is engaging and engaging and the bible says he was strengthened by the angels that came down he prayed through may that grace be released upon the body of christ in this hour in this season the grace of praying through the grace of traveling the grace of going through he pushes on and pushes on and pushes on and pushes on oh he, he wants to get there he wants to tap into that grace that he knows he wants to tap into that power that he knows he wants to be ready and actually he gets ready he's lost into the wheel ladies and gentlemen people of god get semen prepared Jesus to embrace the cross Gethsemane prepared Jesus to embrace the cross what is your Gethsemane where is your Gethsemane how much time do you spend in your Gethsemane and what is the content of your prayer in that place called Gethsemane can we graduate can we graduate can we upgrade our prayer level can we upgrade our prayer lives and get from the, the natural things of bless me lord give me this protect me lord preserve me preserve my family can we upgrade and go to the depths 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 
The Bible says in, in, in Psalms 42, it says that deep calls unto deep. Psalms 42 and verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. Deep calls unto deep. It is surprising to Jesus, to the Father. Like Jesus was surprised when he met his disciples sleeping. He said, what? What? Are you still sleeping? Today, the Father, as he looks down, he's surprised. He says, what? You are still pursuing those things? What? You are still engaged in the fear and the cares of this world at this hour? He says, what? You are still worried for what to eat and what to put on? If you are still caught up into that, then how are you going to be able to survive three hours of darkness? How are you going to be able to survive three hours of calling upon him? And there is no answer. Because Jesus was on the cross and there was darkness for three hours. Before that, he was trying to engage with the man on his right and the man on his left. He engaged with them until when there was darkness. Total silence. He goes into that depth. He's not doing ministry to the man on his side. Ministry has ended. Now it is the ultimate prize. The ultimate prize. He needs to go through. He needs to enter. He needs to go there. He cannot pay that price from the outside. But Gethsemane prepared him. Can, can you know the times even before the difficult moments come? Can you know the season and when to enter Gethsemane even before the cross, the pain of the cross comes? Can you? The Bible says, the Bible says in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 8, verse 35, 30, 34. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says, and when he had called that the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and, and the gospel's sake will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange 
for his soul. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed. And when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Jesus does not say that it's not good to gain the whole world but your soul is still saved. But he says, you gain the whole world, but you lose the soul. In other words, you wake up every morning. You wake up every morning. There is no dying every morning. There is no dying every day, but gaining more and more life into the nature, into the world system, into the world mindset. And you are daily working more, more and more and more. You're toiling, you're toiling, you're laboring. Even in this season of the lockdown, there are many who are worried. They are not worried because of their souls, but they are worried because of their jobs. They are worried because of their income. No more income. And so people are worried. Jobs are going to be cut off. People are worried. I don't have what to eat. I don't have what to drink. School fees for my children and this and the other. And so the greatest things that people are toiling for are things of this world. But unfortunately, as people toil more and more, more and more, the life inside is dying. Dwindling. Being made small and small and small there is dryness in the inside and many struggle to hear his voice when they try to hear his voice all that they want to hear is make a way for me bless me Lord Father do this and this for me how about his will the, the struggling the, the travailing to pay the price to do his will to enter in his will. And so Jesus says, you want to follow me? You want to pursue me? You want a deeper relationship? You want to come deeper? Then carry your cross and follow me. The pursuit for intimacy with Jesus, the pursuit for intimacy with God, the pursuit for a deeper, more fulfilling life with God is not the absence of the cross. He says, carry your cross and, and come after me. In other words, deny self. Deny self. Crucify self. Keep it on the cross. Amen. And then eventually you will discover that the highest pain, highest pain produces the greatest freedom. Greatest pain 
produces greatest freedom. You go through that pain of the cross. You go through that pain of denying self. You go through that pain of waiting on him. But then eventually you tap into the real freedom. The real peace that he gives. The real joy that he gives. The real life of the spirit. The real life. The real life. Life which is not about what you have in your pockets. Life which is not about your job. Life which is not about the world. But the real freedom that you are in this world, but you know you are not of this world. You are in this world, but you are not bound by the things of this world. Jesus, bring us, Lord, to that life. Draw us, Lord, to that life. Take your cross and pursue me. You cannot spend your whole life sleeping and working, sleeping and working and eating, and you will enjoy intimacy with him. Forget it. And that's why many of you are going to continue pursuing people. Bless me, prophesy into my life, pray for me, and this and the other. You are seeking for something, but you're not ready to pay the price of pursuing the master. Jesus. Jesus must be the guiding factor in this life. Follow me. Come after me. Carry your cross. Yes, you're going through pain. Yes, you're going through challenges. Yes, it's okay. But your joy is because you see him ahead of you. You see him ahead of you. Ladies and gentlemen, a journey that someone walks without seeing the end or noticing the end or noticing the, the, the breakthrough at the end, that journey is hard to walk. But here, no matter what we go through, he says, follow me. Follow me. Pursue me. Pursue me. And so Jesus is the guiding factor in this life. In this new life of the spirit. We, we pursue him. We follow him. Amen. It's not about your plans. It's not about your ambitions. Your ambitions. And let me tell you children of God. People of God. There are many people who have made mistakes. There are many people who have made their own plans. There are many people who have made their, their programs. Their ambitions are known to them. And then... They've come with all that to Jesus and they pursue a blessing into what they've already planned. They are not ready to come to the cross and put everything at his feet. 
Father, let your fire go through my plans. Father, let your mind go through everything. And whatever is burnt, I'm okay. But Lord, I pursue your will. I pursue your desires. And so it's not about our plans. It's not about our dreams. It's about him. It's about him. It's about him. There are many Christians, many believers who are going through that life that is called the near death. Near death. Almost dying but not dying. Almost getting there but not getting there. Almost getting there but not getting there. Almost dying but not dying. John chapter 12 verse 24 says, unless the grain falls to the ground and dies, unless it dies, it remains by itself. But if it falls down and dies, it will bear much, much fruit. The crucifixion of self, of dying, of carrying a cross is not an achievement. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process for you. It's a process for me. It's a process for all of us. The dying on the cross, the, the, the carrying of our cross and following Jesus, it is not an achievement, but it's a process that we go through daily. Daily we die. Daily we pursue him. Daily we surrender. What a life. What a life. And may God in this season open the eyes of our hearts. That we may yield to this life. To this life. To this life. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, not my plans, but your plans, O oh God. Not what my children simply want, but Father, what you are drawing all of us into as a family, as a church, as your people, O oh God. Obedience. Obedience. The heart of obedience is attained through the continuous life of pursuing him. The heart of obedience. That heart is built and built and built. And so you find yourself obeying in the small, but you are paying that price until when you are able to obey even in the most difficult moments. The most difficult moments, like Jesus, when he it came to the cross, paying the price, he had to obey. Amen. And so the closer you get to God, the more obedient we must be. The closer we get to him, the closer we pursue him, and the closer we get into that moment of intimacy with him, the more life of obedience that is produced within us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, the lighter side to this is that the cross and dying with him daily is not only about pain, is not only about suffering, but it is also the understanding of the life of absolute love. Absolute love of God extravagant love 
And so you, you tap into that great love for God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so there is that life of total fulfillment that comes in your heart. Contented. And so this cross that we talk about is not only pain, it's not only suffering, but it is also abundant joy, abundant life, the absolute love of God. Amen. And then look at Jesus. But let's begin with the Father. Look at the Father. And the Father says, I love you. I love you, my people. And the ultimate indicator of my love for you is that I give over my son to die. I give over my son to suffer. And the ultimate, the ultimate, the pinnacle of Jesus' love for the Father. He says, I am willing to go to the cross. I am willing to lay down my life, not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because I love you, my Father. And look at the bride. Look at the church. Look at you. Look at me. Look at us. Ultimate love for him is like, Lord, I am willing to die for you. I'm, I'm willing, Lord, to lay down my life. I am willing to carry my cross. I am willing to surrender also, Father, because I love you, Jesus. And so the bride loves the bridegroom. And so that love causes the bride to lay down her life. The carrying of the cross the pursuit for the Father, the pursuit for God. And so your heart connects with his heart. Look at his hands on the cross. There is nothing else he can do. The hands are nailed on the cross. There's nothing else he can touch. And so it's not about doing and doing. It's about total surrender. The working, he can no longer use his hands. They are nailed on the cross. The feet are nailed on the cross. Look at those nails that have gone through his feet. He can no longer move. He can no longer go anywhere that he wants to do. He is still in one place and surrendered. And so when we find ourselves very active, very doing so many things and moving in everywhere, every place that we want and we are not it's not about surrendering to him and saying, Lord, what do you want? What do you say? Our hands are not there. We may be speaking, we are crucified, but our hands are touching everywhere. Our legs are everywhere. We don't have time for him. You're not crucified with him. You've not surrendered. And he does all that for a better life. Whatever we go through is for something better. Something better. And while he's there, he has surrendered everything. He's able to say, as in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, he's able to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what to do. Do you have a challenge with forgiving? 
The answer is, you're not on the cross. You're not dying daily. Do you have a challenge with getting along with people, with other people? Self is still so much alive. So much alive. These things, we need to deal with them daily, daily, daily. We deal with them. He says, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Three hours is not a small thing. Three hours of darkness. It's not a small thing. You go through a challenge for a few minutes. And the words you speak, which are very negative within those few minutes, the father looks down and he just wonders. But then he says, okay, I'll give you some more time for you to draw closer. You go through pain, you go through lack, you go through different things. Your faith is tried, your faith is tried. Just for a short time. And you are unable to reflect him, to reflect his character amid this that moment that you're going through. Why? You are not dying daily. You're not on the cross and you don't have that daily input, that daily input of life that he releases in you that you may give so that when that moment of trial comes, what is in the inside of you is what the Father expects to come out of you and that's what comes out of you. No whisper from him. No whisper from him. Three hours. Darkness. Total silence. And it is the will of God. And he has to go through it. He has to go through it. He has to go through it. There is nowhere he's going to run to. He's not running to a priest. He's not running to a prophet. He's not running to anyone. He is there going through it. But he has what it takes for him to go through it. He has what it takes because he has been building it daily. Daily he has been building it. And when the right moment comes, that demands for that. He does not disappoint. He doesn't. He doesn't disappoint the Father. Children of God, this is a moment where God wants to build us up for the future. God wants to prepare us for what is ahead of us. God wants to build us for what is ahead of us. For what is ahead of us, there has been a lot of childishness childishness in the church, selfishness in the church, self, just minding about ourselves, our comfort, our, our, our area of comfort, our rebel, she come the level. They are things that God wants to bring down. They are things that God wants to crumble. He wants to break them down so that we can get to that moment of the highest intimacy. And remember, highest intimacy can also be a mixture 
total abandonment. He's abandoned by the Father, but the Father is aware. He's abandoned by the Father, but the Father is there. Those people that go through greatest trials, permitted by the Father, and at those trials that bring out the best of their faith, those people that the Father permits to go through greatest abandonment, greatest challenges, greatest pain, because their faith has to be tried, like gold that goes through fire. For what is ahead, for what is ahead, those are people that he allows to enjoy the highest intimacy with him. And so intimacy with the Father is not just about singing about it or wishing it or desiring it. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Those small, small steps that you take daily, they accumulate into your faith being strong. You enjoy intimacy with him, but you also enjoy enjoy abandonment. And so you know what it means to be abandoned. You know what it means to be alone. And you also know what it means to be so close to him. You know it. And if you've not yet gone through that, you better get ready because you need to go through it. You need to go through that moment of being alone. And look at what he says in John chapter 19, verse 28. John 19, 28. As he's on the cross, as he's paying that greatest price, he says, I thirst. He says, I thirst. In other words, I desire for you even more. No matter what I'm going through, no matter the, how heavy my cross is, no matter how challenging the situation is, Lord, I need you even more. I thirst. I thirst, Lord. I have come to the end of my suffering. But Lord, I'm not grumbling. I'm not complaining. I need more of you. I want you to pray. I want you to talk with the Father right now. I hear this question coming. Who are those people that are going to enjoy the highest intimacy with God? Who are those people that are going to enjoy the greatest closeness 
with God. Who are those people that are going to enjoy the highest calling, the highest level of faith? Who are those people who are going to tap into the power of God, the, the grace of God, the grace of God? Who are those people who are going to allow their destiny, their calling to thrive to the highest. Those are people who are saying, I fast. Lord, I thirst. Lord, I long for more of you. They've gone through it and they go through it even daily. But there are also moments where they enjoy him so greatly. They enjoy his provisions. They enjoy his comfort. They enjoy his care. But they are also ready to go through anything that comes their way. They don't just pray away challenges. They don't just pray away difficulties. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, with all his power, he never prayed away the cross. He never prayed away the cross, but he gained strength to go through it. Riko zimbre Riko zoko the Lord does not want us to keep on repeating and repeating and repeating classes. No. He wants us to learn. He wants us to graduate. He wants us to upgrade. He wants us to go to the next level of this, of this life of being led by Jesus. Following him. Pursuing him. May it be a reality. Father, Father, beyond the veil, we want to come in, Lord. Beyond the veil, we want to Father, have more of me. Have all of me, my Father. Father, do not pass us by, Lord. Do not pass me by, Lord. Father, those that pursue highest intimacy with you, O God, they are those that go through fire. They are those that go through their faith is tried. They grieve. Whatever that the Father wants to take them through, they don't just complain. They don't just grumble. They don't just turn their faces away. But they say, Lord, if it is your will, let it be so. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Robo Rick 
Father, cause us to cross a place we've never crossed before. Father, Father, cause us, Lord, to cross that place we've never crossed before. of this life, Lord. The reality of this surrendered life. The reality Lord of most master. Can you get a hold of us, Lord? Get a hold of your church, Lord, in this hour. Get a hold of your leaders in this hour, Lord. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord continue to draw you. May you recognize that grace that is upon you. And may you be drawn. May you be drawn. May you be drawn. This is not just for a season. This is a daily life. A daily life. A lifestyle. Yes, there are many who have, who have put aside these three days and they're fasting for these three days. What is going to happen after the three days? What's going to happen? It's a process. It's a lifestyle. Surrender to the process. It's not an achievement. It's a lifestyle. It's a process. And, and this will not end until the trumpet sound. Until the trumpet sound on that day. And he says, come home. And we will be finally saved from this life. But before that day, let's carry the cross and follow him. Shalom. Shalom.